G'day everyone, welcome to today's Friday Roundup, a nice little summarization of the big events that have shaped crypto this week and we have some absolute beauties as usual. Uh, I'm going to start off with probably one of the biggest bits of news in terms of driving crypto adoption right in front of us and I'm jumping a few leaps ahead on this but you can very clearly see where this is going and it starts with Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. He started today. I'm just going to crack into a few slides here, which you can see. So uh, this was a great tweet. Elon Musk is now in charge at Twitter. I'm told former CEO and CFO have now left the company's HQ and will not be returning as the Musk era begins. So they had some run-ins with Musk uh, before he took over the company and did the 180 and you know he rebought the shares and whatnot. So he's cleaning house. He wants to clean up the bots. He wants to uh, ensure, I guess, free speech is, is adhered to and not one side of politics is getting... Uh, censored and all that. I, I'm not going to share my opinion on that, but that's that's kind of the way things are going. Now, why I'm bringing this up at all uh, is because of what Musk has uh, signaled were his intentions previously before um, taking over Twitter. He hated the bots and uh, he also wanted to come up with innovative ways on incentivizing uh, actual people to engage on the platform. And this required crypto. So again, this is why I'm bringing it up. He muted in the past, as well as Michael Saylor has mentioned in the past, that uh, to send a tweet or at least verify your account, you have to stake X amount in US dollars of Dogecoin or Bitcoin in your account. And then you can expand on that a bit further, I think, as Lightning expands and, and Dogecoin as they try and scale it. There's some issues there, as you can see, but it's probably more down the Lightning path um, with Bitcoin. Uh, however, every time you send a, a tweet or interact on the platform, you're sending out a microtransaction, you know, fractions of a cent. But at least it creates a deterrent for all these spam accounts and bots to pop up. Uh, you can imagine if they you know, spam on Twitter feeds and try and comment and post and all that, they're going to have to be spending money every time they do it. And to verify their account, uh, if they're not putting up um, collateral to verify their account, then, you know, they, they post something that no one likes, just... Uh, they, they get removed, I guess, because you know that they are a bot or spam account. So uh, that is really, really important. And again, it drives crypto adoption in this way because it forces people to interact with the ecosystems, forces people to buy either Dogecoin or Bitcoin. Now, I'm sure they will have a version of that for US dollars for people who do not want to interact with crypto. But in any case, this is the essentially the largest social media platform in the world right now. Facebook is very clearly on a decline. Uh, Twitter is, I guess, the global town center for ideas where you can interact with experts. It's a great field just where I get a ton of my information uh, for crypto and macro and traditional markets on a daily basis. Honestly, you should be paying the information that I get from this platform, in my opinion. Uh, thank goodness it is free. Um, yeah, it would be good to work out the bots and it would be good to maybe not censor one side of the political spectrum over another. And I think um, Twitter has verged in that direction, maybe more on the, the more liberal side of things recently. Again, not going to get into it, but that is the perception uh, from a lot of commentators, including Musk, who essentially bought the company to make it better. And I think he said he's uh, looking to buy Twitter to save humanity, which is a big statement. In his mind, he probably thinks that he's um, battling the woke culture a little bit with Twitter. But uh, yeah, again, back to the crypto side of things. Uh, as I mentioned, with what was happening with Bitcoin and Dogecoin potentially with integrating in, inside Twitter. And we know uh, you can already send Lightning payments on Twitter. You can already uh, tip people in Bitcoin. They've got access to Ethereum wallets and Bitcoin wallets. It's not a stretch that this goes further. 
Uh, and you can see here the market agrees and Dogecoin has rallied massively on Musk taking over just in recent days. Bear in mind, we are in a bear market. This is a 44% rise, just shoots straight up, broke through a lot of levels. Now, Dogecoin's been sitting on a pretty nice uh, area, to be honest, for a little while, same as you know other meme coins around and other altcoins as well, sitting around that 0.786 retracement level from the lows to this recent high. You can see bang, 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 bang. And that had that surge up into the 200 moving average. No crypto is going to survive a run into a 200 moving average in a bear market. So I expect this to pull back a little, um, maybe to these previous levels. But um, yeah, this could have some ammunition if something like what I just suggested gets announced. But you can see speculatively, the market's already betting that this is going to happen and Dogecoin's getting a pretty strong uh, bid here. <clears throat> now, uh, moving on to more macro uh, economic things, because Bitcoin had a really nice bounce this week, as well as broadly crypto and a bit of the S&P 500. Problem with S&P 500 now is a lot of the tech companies are now releasing their earnings and Amazon dropped 21% overnight. Uh, and Apple's releasing earnings now, which uh, I believe are a little bit rocky as well, but we're just going to have to uh, feel our way through that. Last time, say Netflix and all that had these massive drops, Bitcoin fell about 20% as well. But so far, it is holding up, uh, which is very, very interesting to me. And I, I think really the reason for this little brief phase where risk markets have just risen sharply into this earnings cycle is uh, along these lines. There's lots of things being leaked now from the Fed. So BlackRock economists are telling financial advisors, excuse me, that the next Fed meeting will include pivot language. Now, a lot of analysts will tell you a pivot just isn't realistic. It's not happening. But, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners, a lot of gold holders will tell you if they look at the markets, a lot of macro analysts that look at this stuff very, very intently and see how the debt cycle is actually moving through as they raise these interest rates. You know, it is unsustainable where they're at currently. So this is interesting. There's the largest investment fund on the earth, BlackRock. They're whispering that the Fed is going to include some pivot language. So that means potentially pausing the rate cycle or after this 0.75, they're likely to deliver on uh, the 2nd of November. That likely is it for the 0.75s. If they mention that they're going to decrease those or eventually stop or just take a moment to reflect on the lagging data, then look out. Risk markets are going to roar, which is probably what uh, the Fed uh, really doesn't want. In fact, right now, they probably want to see the markets break down on these earnings calls uh, with Amazon dropping all that, they probably want to see the S&P 500 drop by itself about 20%, just to make them feel a little bit better about removing some of that heat from the market. Um, but yeah, that's very, very interesting. If we're heading into that point where we're about to see the pivot, which we've been discussing uh, ad nauseum in our advanced groups and also our latest newsletter, which I'll get to in a sec, we have discussed all the reasons why uh, it's likely uh, a Fed pivot is coming in some form or another, maybe not a more uh, uh, an overt pivot, but it's likely they're going to have to start um, either pausing and looking at buying their own bonds just to keep the market steady. Uh, apart from that, this is the other big news of the week. So, um, yeah, a bit of a clown circus over there in the UK. Another prime minister, last one lasted only 40-something days. Uh, this is Rishi, Rishi Sunak. He was in the front running uh, for the last round, but, uh, you know, failed at the last hurdle to get the premiership. But he has now, um, and he is a big crypto head, just like Liz Truss was the last prime minister. I just want to... Um, say this with a, a big golden caveat though, he might want to make the UK a crypto hub, but he is a huge, huge proponent of uh, CBDCs. So central bank digital tokens where the central bank gets total control and can program your money and do all that. He's also a member of the World Economic Forum. They're well known uh, to be looking to implement CBDCs um, globally so they can program the money, introduce social credit scores, uh, you really control how you spend your money, which is not very appealing to me um, as a 
as an investor into crypto for various reasons, including decentralization and separating money from state. I think that is super important. That's just my opinion and my investment thesis. So Bitcoin's super, super attractive. Uh, look, this will drive crypto adoption. And I think the Bank of England or the Treasury of England has uh, is going to release their own series of NFTs. So all this is really, really nice stuff, but the devil might actually be in the details. This is a big macro shift. Most uh, politicians coming now into races that, you know, they want to run for president or whatnot, um, they are familiar with crypto or own crypto. A lot of them are. Uh, we can see that in Canada right now with uh, Justin Trudeau's very anti-crypto, anti-Bitcoin and all that. The Conservative Party leader which rose to prominence only recently, Pierre Polybert, he is a massive Bitcoiner. He owns Bitcoin. He's also very fond of blockchain technology and wants to implement it. Not so fond of CBDC. So you're going to see these fault lines uh, come out. And I know in the US, one side of the political spectrum is extremely skeptical of central bank digital tokens. And they don't see the role in it. They see the role in Bitcoin. This is the GOP, of course. Democrats a little bit more leaning towards a CBDC, digital currencies and all that. Not so concerned about the privacy side of things. The Fed's almost stuck in a bit of a rock and a hard place on that one. But just very interesting how it's all going to play out. But uh, broadly, crypto adoption just uh, zooms forward in a bear market. All right, guys, as I said as well, we just released our uh, monthly newsletter. It's absolutely it's huge. So it's 55 pages, uh, but it comes with our three strategies that we've used in prior, prior market cycles to drastically build uh, our wealth. Um, these are, this is a really, really um, important newsletter to read because it provides you actionable intel on how to position yourself and how to uh, action different strategies in any market, uh, any market phase or environment. Me, just turn that off. Uh, we also have our top 10 crypto portfolio with all the buy and sell levels. If you're okay with our newsletter, you know all this exists. You know it's in there. You know it's tremendous value. Joe does his weightings of each portfolio as well in terms of your risk level. Hugely, hugely valuable information. I go into the on-chain data. I also look into the macro, give you uh, actionable intel on what I think is likely is going to happen based on the data. Of course, we don't know everything. We can't see around every single corner, but we try to provide the most relevant information uh, possible for you. Tristan, our fundamental analyst, also releases uh, mid-month. So to make this newsletter a bit more digestible, because it was up to about 70, 80 pages, uh, it was just incredible value, but it was just too much. Uh, too much for you to read in one sitting. You might get bored and you move away. Um, Tristan releases his fundamental analysis mid-month now. So you'll get that received to your Substack account if you're a subscriber. You can read that. The last one was on BNB, if I'm not mistaken. It was absolutely incredible. So uh, his, in, uh, his takes on these cryptocurrencies, he rips them apart and shows you the bones of, of what's what, tells you if they're worthy investment to make, uh, and gives you that that choice to, for yourself to make based on the data. So uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic read. Make sure you get on it. You know, it's the price of say 10 cups of coffee a month. And if you're a crypto investor, this is something you need to read every single month because we will give you that actionable information that you can approach the next month coming and perhaps even the rest of the cycle as we lead into the halving. So uh, have a wonderful day, guys. Uh, don't forget to uh, yeah, join our free groups if you haven't. Check out the podcast. This will be on the podcast as well. Make sure you sign, like, give us those five stars as well. Uh, always a fun doing these episodes. Catch you later. Ta. Bye.